0: Hello and welcome to Psychological Safety in Teams podcast series with me, your host, Sheila Werry, in which we hear insights and tips from leaders on how they and the teams they're a part of are creating a psychologically safe and high-performing environment. It is my aim to illuminate ways for you to increase your own levels of psychological safety in teams and how you can set up the conditions for others to do the same. I hope you enjoy the discussions. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to have with me today, Anita Rubicek. Anita has 30 years of experience in leadership training and development, as well as leading and managing executive teams herself. She's the director and CEO of Prime Practice and is responsible for the successful integration of corporate business and leadership talent into the dental industry. Since joining Prime Practice, Anita has managed, designed, and delivered leadership training programs for thousands of dentists and their teams globally. She is a leading expert on teaching business owners leadership skills required to run a successful business and to achieve their goals. Anita Rubicek, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Sheila. What a lovely opening. Thank you very much. And I'm really excited to be here. So um, thank you for the invitation.
0: Anita, as you know, and for the purpose of the listeners, the the purpose of this podcast is to hear from leaders on the steps they're taking to cultivate psychological safety in their teams and across their organisations. So to start the conversation, I wonder if you could tell us how what psychological safety means for you and why you think it's important.
1: As I said at the beginning I'm excited to be here because of the conversation of psychological safety and um, as you and I both know, um, we both sort of delved into the concept of psychological safety pretty much at the same time um, and uh, to me, it's probably one of the most significant things that I've certainly have um, started to study and look at and work through since starting my leadership um, journey, if you like. And, and what it means to me, which is why I'm excited about the concept of psychological safety, is, is providing a space, a safe space, for teams, individuals, um, even co-workers, to really feel it's okay to share their thoughts, their beliefs, um, any sort of discord they may have and not feel that they're going to get in trouble or they will be judged. Um, It really provides, um, sorry, it's about providing this safe space for that to happen. And for me, that is crucial for the success of not only the individual, but for the organisation or the team um, because we really get to get and hear the best of the best of what people are thinking.
0: Absolutely. And my guess is, as I hear you give me your definition, Anita, is that that is something you have probably been doing for the for the last you know, decades. Um, and it's only now that perhaps it's become much more known as a concept. Um, hence, we're sort of talking about it openly. But I'm interested. What is it that you are doing actively? What, what, what can you share with us that's, um, that's working for you in creating psychological safety for your team and across the organisation at Prime?
1: That's a really good question because really trying to articulate what it is I'm doing so you can share that then with others so they can do it as well because we have um, lots of different teams within our business. So there are team leaders in there. So being able to support them and share with them what I'm doing with them, with their teams. And that is one of the things is how we um, run meetings is a really critical part of how I ensure that, um, that we can cultivate it. So I share with them how you meet with your team, how you discuss things with your team, and even the agenda and how we do the agenda really helps with sharing how to create this environment. So I demonstrate it by the way I do it and then getting them to do the same because I feel um, that will support them in getting the success that I feel I've had with creating a psychological safe place.
0: So what I'm hearing you say there is that you're not only role modeling Uh, but you're also consciously thinking about how you're managing the team, uh, the team meeting. Would you be happy to share a little about some of the things that are working as you're running those team meetings?
1: Well, within the team meetings, it's more around the structure. So the first is always around successes. So, you know, what's been working, what's really you know positive within your within their week that they've had or their month they had depending on which team meeting that we've had so sharing those successes and really um digging down why they believe that's a success because it provides everyone with a bit of understanding of the psyche of the individual of what they feel good looks like and um that certainly then shares with others, oh, if they think that looks good, this must be good when I'm doing this. So it's actually bringing out some confidence in individuals that they're doing a good job. And being able to do that publicly, again, makes the environment safe. Nobody is um, making any other comments other than positive comments. So that already creates that safety. And then from there, what are the challenges that we've we've, um, experienced, but the same language is in place. So when we talk about the challenges, why is it a challenge? What is challenging about it? So we actually are providing permission to talk about why things aren't working. So it's about creating that environment, again, of safety to say, why I don't like this or why this didn't work or what I'm finding hard about this without saying, well, that's your fault. It's not. It's us sharing it together. So, when we sh- we demonstrate that um, collectively, um, we're really trying to ensure, I'm certainly trying to ensure that then the individual managers cre- continued that language within their individual meetings as well. So, when we started at a very, um, you know, like sort of a, a macro level, demonstrating it then hopefully when we get down into you know sort of more micro conversations the same behaviors are put in play
0: wow what's some great examples there i'm just reflecting on some of the words that i heard and some of the examples so talking about digging down and uh, allowing that to really bring out the 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 motivation, and I think you used the word psyche, uh, of the individual, what a great way to support others in the team in understanding that individual and what's important for them, what, what's their focus area and what supports them in feeling confident. Um, and also I loved the use of the word permission, Anita, you know, that to mm-hmm. give people permission to, um, to talk and to share and to demonstrate collectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Anything else? I I zoned in on the meetings part, but is there yeah. anything else that you want to share there in terms of some of the things that are that you're actively working on around the the area of psychological safety and making it happen?
1: Well, um, when we're working, uh, when I'm working individually with my teams, uh, the the interactions that I certainly have with them are ones of more uh, curiosity. I I try to. Uh, always enter a conversation when it's to do with a particular topic is being curious rather than coming in with the answers. So I think that's something that we do is the way the way I interact. And again, I, I like how you said it's the role modelling. When I'm doing it, I'm I'm hoping they're finding that that's a very comfortable way to communicate. That then they then pass that on. And if not, um, we we talk about it so if they're having challenges with their team i'm always a bit of a sounding board for everyone so what happens is is that um, i if they are having some issues come and speak to me i'll be your sounding board i don't put judgment around it and i then also support the process not necessarily the outcome but the process that they're doing and then when the outcome is there we'll talk about it again together because it may not be always the ideal outcome and um but certainly the process it's about learning how to communicate really that's what I feel it needs to be the other thing I think uh, I'm very fortunate to be in a company that's all around feedback our whole business is based around feedback we teach um, you know training and education so feedback is is a massive part of it and so we provide feedback for each other all the time whether it's constructive or positive or otherwise we are uh, um, also very structured in our feedback. We really try to model what we teach. And if someone is providing you feedback that isn't within that model, we reflect back and say, so tell me your thoughts about how I did that and what specifically I did. So we really try to constantly hold each other accountable for the things that we teach, which then in, its, in turn is, creates an environment of safety. Because there isn't a judgment. It's we're all following the same processes. What I'm hearing there is
0: um, that you have you have the structure, the structure or the scaffolding, if you like, in mm-hmm. place, but then um, able to kind of fluidly move through that. And the other piece I really loved there, Anita, was that you talked about curiosity and being able to offer us being a sounding board. But what I noticed in that and the way that you shared it is that you were signalling You know, it sounds to me like you actually you actively signal I'm going to be a sounding board, explicitly say, you know, I'm here. I'm curious. Tell me more about that, which supports others in understanding your intention in communication.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think people know that I am. Uh, almost a safe haven for those things. And that doesn't mean I'm a pushover either. I have expectations and they know what that is. But when when it's certainly important, I am a neutral sounding board. I won't throw the judgment out there. I'll just say, tell me how you came to that view and what that is. And again, that helps me to understand how a person is thinking, which again, supports me being able to to bring out the best in them. So overarching, it's got to be trust, you know, really demonstrating trust um, is is critical. And probably the other thing is, is I mess up. I don't get it right all the time. I, I do make mistakes just like everybody else. And I think being human is probably one of the biggest keys about being a leader. You don't need to be right and perfect all the time and that actually relieves a lot of pressure for your team if you're not always the one that's always right that's always got it sorted um, that puts a lot of pressure on the team thinking that well if i don't feel that confident or i'm not quite sure i may be judged because she's always getting it right and she always thinks she's right and that's not the environment that I'd, i'd like to cultivate in my team it's not the culture that um that i feel is conducive for psychological safety so that is that I'm vulnerable. I show my vulnerability when I mess up and and it's safe to mess up at times. You know, it's okay to make mistakes because at least you gave it a go. And to me, I really want to encourage that within my team. So, you know, putting my hand up when I've messed up, It's and it's up a fair bit of the time I think
0: (laughs) (laughs) great examples there is there anything Anita you'd be happy to share in terms of uh, what you find challenging you know what are some of the challenges in embedding some of those Mm -hmm. wonderful examples you've just given us there yeah
1: And, uh, and and again a really good sobering question like we haven't got it perfect. It's never going to be perfect because you're dealing with humans and they're all different. And if I had to make a comment, it's to do with there are a lot of people still within the workplace that have agendas and egos and life experiences that really do um, not always support them feeling comfortable to be open. I I can be as open as I like as uh, demonstrating as much trust as I can. But some people are always going to be in a position where they're more cautious or they're just not sure or they don't want to show that they've, they, they've messed up. And, and I think that's a lot of the problems, too, is when people have had experiences where it's been, um, you know, they've, they've stepped forward. And it's almost like the analogy when, you know, you hit your dog on the nose and you, you reject back. And I feel that that's happened to some individuals too many times. And it's that trust is very difficult to be able to gain with some individuals. And uh, so that's a challenge. Um, and egos. If someone's got an agenda and a big ego and they really want to prove themselves to. And again, a lot of that comes from insecurity. Oh, that's just a, a big statement. And you'd know more about that than I would, Sheila. But um, I think that's that's the challenge. A lot of the time is people's past experiences and fears of being able to be comfortable to share openly. Yeah, it's
0: such a great point. It's an interesting one because we I spend a lot of time, as do you, I know Anita, talking about psychological safety with leaders and. Psychological safety itself being a group construct, but of course there are the individuals within the yeah. group, which is what you're talking to here. And uh, how do we, how do, how do we as leaders support those individuals as well as the group collectively? Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting point. And in fact, uh, later in the series, I'm bringing in a, um, a psychotherapist who will talk to some of those points um, in more detail. But I'm, I'm interested. Is there anything in particular you do where, in that situation where you notice that someone perhaps is more cautious or not so readily comfortable to speak up in a team?
1: Um, and look, and I, I want to add to cultural has a culture. Someone's cultural background has a lot to do with it as well. As you know, we um, we deal with various cultures within our business, and we also deal internationally. So we're dealing with a lot of cultures. So some mm. it's not always um, appropriate to talk up to your leader and speak up to your leader Uh, it's about uh, those definitely have to be just a one-on-one process and I may not ever get exactly what I would I would feel is comfortable for them to feel comfortable because I, I won't be able to change that but at least making baby steps to getting a little bit closer to allowing them to feel more open in a conversation. And as far as what are those strategies, again, it's the one-on-one strategies and keep demonstrating what what we're doing. It's, it's not about a whole new tact. It's about continually showing evidence around when something has happened or there's been a misunderstanding or we haven't communicated as effectively that it's okay. It's not going to be the end. It's just it's a learning process.
0: So it's about going to the one-on-one as well as the team meetings, making yes. sure that you're built, you're you're focused in on building that relationship with your direct report, but in a one-on-one environment as well as in the team, encouraging yes. them. Yeah, got it. Fantastic examples and really practical examples for leaders to take away and mull over, Anita. I'm wondering just to round out the conversation and and finish up the podcast. Would you be happy to share one or two tips for leaders on what's working to create psychological safety in your team?
1: Probably the the tips that are working is working on yourself first, is making sure you're confident as a leader enough to speak openly with your team about your failings. I think you have to demonstrate that you feel safe with your team to show that you don't get it right all the time, and I think that's probably the biggest tip because you do need to be that role model. If you can demonstrate that, that that already makes I almost see when I was, I'm i talking to you about it, Sheila. Is I, I sort of feel the team sighing like of relief when they see you as a leader. Oh, okay, they 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 mess up too. That's okay, and also too, uh, the other tip is openly encouraging what are the concerns that you have about this project this concept and i know that's very fearful for many like a scary place for many leaders because they feel like they're going to open a can of worms when they create that like they don't want to hear what's coming out but all i can say to the leaders is you are hearing it you're just hearing it differently by people not engaging by people perhaps not turning up to work by people not giving their best um you you actually do hear it anyway but you're just hearing it differently i want to hear it verbally i want to hear and understand because again it helps me to understand their thinking so they'd be my two tips demonstrate it yourself and then take and have the courage to ask what's not working for you what 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 is the challenge here how how can we work through that Anita Rubicek, thank you so
0: much for being here with me today. Such great examples to take away. Thank you for
1: the conversation. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you very much.